being able to run up against a 300-pound dude who runs a 4-9, going up against a Marshawn Lynch, and you got to fight off a block and you got all of that coming at you? <laughs> Man, what the hell are you talking about? Obviously, you don't respect me. So I grabbed his helmet, pulled him down, and just held him. The referee threw the flag. Everybody jumped in. And I was like, all right, I ain't letting go. Then the ref, John Perry, he's ejected. And you could hear me on the game. I heard the TV you. saying, what? Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by a legend today. A bad, bad man. I'm going to read this resume for you, Takiyo. Um, A college graduate and first-round pick out of the uh, Auburn University. 15 years. <laughs> Go Tigers. I beat y'all, by the way. I beat y'all. We, we'll get to that. Um, y'all cheated. 15-year NFL career. 1,400 tackles, 29 sacks, 19 picks, four touchdowns. I ain't even getting the end zone once, man. How the hell I ain't getting no touchdowns in 11 years? Got to have them high knees, bro. <laughs> I, got, I got to the one-yard line. Carson Palmer tripped me up. High knees. I know it. <laughs> uh, top analyst at SEC Network. He's a photographer. And um, he has a fire podcast that I just came across called Behind the Mask, which I love. So, Takiyo, appreciate you, man. Thank you for joining us. And um, but you a dog, man. You a legend. I grew up watching you. Like, man, that 51 over there with them high knees, talking this yeah. stuff, personality, jumping through the TV screen, man. I just want to let you know from my era, looking at you, man, I appreciate what you brought to the table. And um, hell of a football player. And I enjoy watching you, brother. Hey, man, much respect, bro. And um, the sentiments are likewise, too. I watch all the cats, man, who who are worthy. I watch everybody, but, you know, to see you come in and you came in in Seattle 2011, at that time I left and went to San Diego, that's one rivalry game as a 49ers player that you always going to watch. And mm -hmm. you throw everything out the door. <laughs> I don't care about winning streaks. You don't care about losing streaks. Bottom line, that Seattle 49er game oh, yeah. is one of the most physical games that you will ever see, and it's going to be worth the price of admission. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, every time Frank Gore, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, Alex Smith, Marshawn, bro, it's just clashing, clashing. Hey, but take take me to 2010. Take me to it. I'm in college at this moment. It's your moment. It's your time to get there. 15 or 13, whatever year, year you was, you can make the playoffs. But you come across the Seattle Seahawks. What what happened, man? What had to get what, what went down, man? What happened? I, I, <laughs> I, I hate you making me relive this up, but you know I love telling you stories, man. <laughs> so, KJ, so we put ourselves in position. It was a tough, but Mike Singletary was the head coach. And uh we played y'all towards like I want to say it was like the 13th game of the year. And I knew looking at the rest of the schedule, we could win out. And I think mm -hmm. we did. But I knew if we were able to beat you guys, that really would have took us to that next level. Like, we would have made the playoffs. Yeah. You know, especially after seeing it, how it played out. So, we played men offensively, bro. We we didn't do squat. And I want to say you guys didn't – you didn't have a lot of yards. Uh, mm -hmm. It wasn't a high-scoring game. But it was one of those games to where after we lost – and the way that we lost, we walked inside of that locker room. And, and it was one of those things to where people say, 
you know, the elephant in the room, nobody never wants to discuss. We looked at each other collectively also with the coaches. And it was like, man, you know, we effed up an opportunity to really get to that next level. And what bothered me about it so bad, it wasn't so, it was that Sunday, but I remember walking in that meeting room on Monday and we watched the film as a group, linebackers and D-line. And I remember just watching it and just, I felt like we took it seriously, but I just think we had, you know, it was a team, it was a young team too, but I just felt like the guys, I don't understand, I don't know if they really understood the magnitude of the moment, understanding, man, it's hard to get to the playoffs. This was my 13th year. And so just watching, I think you guys broke a run, ran out the clock, watching that on tape, bro, it hurt me so bad because I knew that was my 13th year last year on my contract with the 49ers. I knew if we don't make it to the playoffs, there is no chance that I probably would come back as a 49er. And, and and that happened, bro. I, when I saw that play, it hurt me so bad, bro. I walked out of the room, and I've never done this before. It Like Jim Tom Sula, defensive yep. line coach, mm-hmm. he knew something was wrong. He came outside. Bro, I was crying like a baby. 13th Ooh. year in the league because I knew once you get past 10 years, like if you get to 10, like every year after yeah, that yeah, is just yeah, – yeah. It's just icing. And I, he just, he was just like, Spikes, I know it hurts, man. He was like, just take your time before you come back in the room. I don't even know if he shared that with anybody, but that's how bad it hurt me, bro. So yeah. like, so when we talk about the rivalry of that game, yeah. like it, it cuts deep. Yeah. And Takiyo, slow it down for me, because when I look at franchising, when I look at organizations, leadership is everything. Everything starts from the top and go down. So here you are, you're 13, trying to get the trying to make it happen. What is your presence on this football, on this football team, whether it's on the field, off the field? Like, what do people in the building need to be doing to get a young team, a young coaching staff to buy in, to, to you know, tap in, to be on the details? What were you doing in particular when it came to leadership to get everyone on the same page? Well, you know, I think about um I think about the song. Migos, walk it like you talk it. <laughs> you know, like and, and that was my mantra, bro. It was like, walk yeah. it like you talk it. <laughs> and so for me, it was like, like I had a good time now. But mm-hmm. when it came time to work, like I'm working. And like, and I, I took that very seriously. So I think when you look at building franchises that have been historically, I wouldn't say over a short period of time, the 49ers were bad. And I was one of the players that they brought in to change to tra- the trajectory of what they wanted to do moving to the playoffs. And we got better. We had some very good defenses at, in San Francisco. But, the, the, you know, it's important to bring in veteran leadership, guys who can walk it like they're going to talk it. But then also, you can't be a locker room lawyer. You got to be able to go out there and produce. And so uh, to have guys like that, I, I think of a, a, a Nate Clements. I think of a um, um, God. Frank Gore was on that team. You had a young Patrick Willis. You know, Justin Smith was brought on that team too to change the trajectory. And so 
that's what's most important. When you really want to change the identity of a team with a young team and then a, a young coaching staff, you got to bring in a proven product to be able to handle the ebbs and flows because you know as well as I know, you know, winning is a habit. And so, but unfortunately, so is losing too as well. And so when you go through those down times, you're going to have to have some wisdom in the room to say, look, guys, hey, don't need to have a state of emergency. We just got to continue to do the little things right mm-hmm. to where we get back on top. Now it turns into a good habit. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And we talk about 15 years at a high level. That, that ain't easy. I, I played 11 and I felt like I was in year 17. But tell, tell me, Takiyo, what it, what it took to have that long of a career at that high of a level? Who put you on game? Like, who helped you? And what did you do in particular to last a decade plus five at the linebacker position? You hit what I, what I say, 1,400 tackles? You yeah, collided man. for 15 years. Talk to me. Bro, it was what happened, man. It was, um, I had one of my, my good friends. It started out at a young age, my second year in the league. No, third year in the league, we eventually got, um, he should be in the Hall of Fame, and hopefully he will, fullback Lorenzo Neal. And he came over as a veteran, and he was like, he noticed I kept having growing issues. And he was like, Spice, you got to do the little things. You can't do what they ask you to do in the training room and expect for you to be, like, top-notch and and you're going to be healthy. I was like, well, don't talk me to death. Show me what I need to do. <laughs> so yeah. before the before practice and after practice, we would just do certain stretches. And then he will find he will find a massage therapist and say, You go once a week, the type of body you have, you need to go two times a week. You under 12% body fat. So you need that. So he taught me how to be a pro and understanding, like I used to like to go out and have a cup of cold ones on a Friday. But this, this for me, I this during the season. Okay. Yeah, during the season. So Can he was like, <laughs> you can't do that. He was yeah. like, it's all right to have a glass of wine, maybe two, but you can't be looking at down a half the bottle and the whole bottle and expecting to go out to perform. So for me, it was more so, all right, have your fun on a Monday. You got an off-day recovery on Tuesday. So I implemented it two times a week from a massage, chiropractic care. Me and him would stretch out the practice every day religiously. And it was just doing the little things. Even if it was after practice was over, we would go find somebody who specialized in, I remember ART came out, active release therapy. And so, and, and the Graston tool. Like back then, training rooms wasn't doing that. They wasn't caught up on that. But I would take time after a 10-hour day at the facility and go. And, uh, and I had favor. I got to give it to God too, man, because... You know, so, uh, you know, I'm not afraid or ashamed to say that. And all of that really just kind of helped me get through the 15 years. Mm-hmm. And, and people people call me crazy all the time when I say that the linebacker position is the most important position on the football field. We got to get dudes lined up. We got to cover receivers down the field. We got to take on 300-pound linemen, tackle fast, running backs, heavy running backs. And we got to do everything on the football field. If we not right. The defense not right. From your perspective, what do you see when it comes to the linebacker position and how sacred that spot is? 
you said it best. It, it is the most important position on the field because I can't, you can't get people out there to just to line up. Like who you won't get them to line up if you won't have the linebacker position. Then I don't, you can say a safety, which I think the safety is a very important position on the field, but you got to, the, the duties that's demanding, that's demanding of us being able to run up against a 300 pound dude who runs a four nine. Then you got some of the guys who are just straight going up against a Marshawn Lynch and, and, and you got to fight off a block and you got all of that coming at you, <laughs> man, what the hell are you talking about? Man, I ain't, I ain't taking that from nobody. Like, bruh, that position is sacred. And then let's say if you specialize in locking down the tight end and being able to be a cover linebacker. Mm-hmm. And now you get mixed match, what they call this mismatches, being on a wide receiver, running down the seam on cover two, you being able to play cover three curl flat, and you got to <laughs> take the guy coming over around on the deep over. Like, come on, man. Like, so it ain't like you have a script. Like, you got to <laughs> do this on the run consistently. And so, for me, like, hands down, the LB position is it's the reason why they call this the quarterback position of the defense. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, Takiyo, take me to November 3rd, San Diego Chargers versus the Raiders. 2012, you blitzing up the middle. You come in contact with a running back. I was a part of this club, too. I got ejected. Takiyo, what? What you do? Because I didn't see the angle of what you did. How you get – what you do to get ejected from a game? Listen, man. It looked Let like I, I saw your reaction. Happened. Talk to me. Let though. me tell you. I wanted to I, – I wanted to – like, I know you ain't – we ain't going to bleep out on – Do your thing. I do your thing. I wanted to put my hands on John Perry. Which is the official? Yeah, because you can obviously you could tell they got the memo before the game. Hey, we want to make sure this rivalry with the Raiders, also with the uh, with the uh, Chargers, like this is a like this is a heated thing. So we need to put out fires before they start. I blitz, go up against the running back. I beat him, and then I put the quarterback through the ball. And I was right there close by the sack. I pulled up. And so I just felt something pushing me. And I'm like, what the? F-? And I look, and I'm like, man, who the? I'm like, man, this, this little mom. Like, what you what touching me for? What you doing? So, bro, I just immediately like, all right, bro, you, obviously you don't respect me. So I grabbed his helmet, pulled him down, and just held him. <laughs> The referee threw the flag. Everybody jumped in. And I was like, all right, I ain't letting go. I ain't letting you, go until my boys come. On. Just holding on. They broke it up. Then the rep, John Perry, was like, you know, gave the explanation. It was like, he's ejected. And you could hear me on the game. I heard the TV you. Copy saying, what? Man, I got so mad, bro. I wanted, I wanted to mess him up so bad, bro. I got my helmet, threw it out on the field. Like, you go pick it up. Oh, I didn't see that part. Ejected. And, and I never would have thought, because I came, that was last game of the season. Yeah. I never would have came into, I never, I didn't come into that game with the intentions on that being my last game. Um, because oh, this I- is your, This is your last game of your career? Last game of my career. Ooh. And I was like, all right, I don't even know what happened that game, but obviously it was a bad call. 
by John Perry. Mm-hmm. Bitch ass, <laughs> hey, hey, I got thrown out of a game too. Same situation. It's did, he, did you throw a punch? No. It's Sunday night football. We go to Lambeau Field. Green Bay kicking our ass. They kicking our ass. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae. It was a stretch play to the left side. Richard Rodgers. You know the tight end Richard Rodgers? This motherfucker, he's so yep. damn annoying. I'm running, trying to get to the ball. He holding me. He holding me. I took his face mask and I, I suplexed his ass right to the ground. I shoved this, I shoved this sheet. Man, get the he hit me in my helmet. Ref throw the flag, everybody jump on top. We fighting. And um, they look at the, the replay. I'm looking. The referee came. Number 50 is ejected. I was like, oh my God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You, hey, you talk about a walk of shame in, in, in enemy territory. They give me, they giving you the middle finger, cussing you out. Oh yeah, as, as, it as is soon a as walk I, of shame, bro. I forgot about that. As soon as I got to the tunnel, I broke down. I, I laid right down them stairs. I broke down and cried. Ugh. cause I'm like, mama calling me. It's like, son, don't you ever embarrass me like that. Don't you, don't you ever. I was like, mama, I ain't do nothing. He hit. I was like, he hit me. He hit me first. <laughs> But, dog, but to, kill, to kill, I did not know it was your last game. And they, I'm talking 2016. You was way retired by then. Yeah, I, shit, I was having a damn beer watching you play at that time, bro. Yeah. Dang. Okay. All right, man. All right, fast forward, fast forward. You know better than anybody else. We in 2023. We got some dogs at linebacker. We got some dogs at linebacker. Who are the guys you watching now saying, oh, yeah, he that dude? Man. I'm, you know, we talked about the 49ers. I, I like Dre Greenlaw, another one of our products coming out of the SEC. Uh, Fred Warner. You know, I, I think they're probably the better tandem in the league when you look at two backers that can do everything and they complement each other well. Big fan of my guys down in Tampa. When I look at... Um, still doing it. He's still doing uh, it. Levante. Yeah, Levante. He's, he's still doing it. Man, listen, man. I, 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 I just, I, I love they, they, they play the game. They, they can do everything, bro. They, him and Devin White. Oh, they, they, they complement each other well too. Um, my boy up in, in, in Indy, Shaq. I know he's been kind of hurt a little lately with his back over the past few years, but love his game. Uh, God, who else I'm, I'm missing out oh, on? I'm, I'm a big fan of Roquan. Yeah, Roquan as well. Mm-hmm. Ro- really, like I've always liked Roquan, even when he was coming out of college. So mm-hmm. um, they're doing and, good. And Takio, you you've um, you watched you know you watch backers for a living. Tell me when you watch the body of work that Bobby has put together from 2012 right now. We're in 2023, 12 year career, All Pro year in and year out, Pro Bowl, over 100 tackles each and every year. What do you see from Bobby when it came to when it came to his body of work? Just Mr. Consistency. And when you see a guy who was just, he, it, it, it was almost like he never had like the, the ebbs and flows of like what we call his business. Like this dude always was consistent. He always don't get you the picks in a timely manner. He's always on find a way to get the sacks. But then it's more than anything. It was just his leadership really 
spoke volumes to me more than anything. And I appreciated his game. I still do, man. And, and to be to be able to see him on the back end of his career, to come back to Seattle, like, you know, you don't see that often. You know that. And I think whenever franchises decide to bring guys back, because they didn't have to, they really didn't. But they know, like, this is where you belong and this is where you're going to finish up. So I got I have a lot of respect not only for uh, his game, Bobby, but then also the front office of Seattle, too, as well. Yep. And um, and I just saw you inducted a, um, a legend into the San Francisco Hall of Fame and Patrick Willis. You took him under your wing. Both y'all played together. Um, I always admire. I watch Patrick Willis each and every offseason. Let me see what 52 doing. Let me let me let me see what he doing. I'm watching him after in, in the season too. Let me go see what he did on the football field. What was he like when he first came on the scene? Because you was there his rookie year? I, I got there right after his rookie year, so his second year. Mm-hmm. And I was like you, KJ. I was like, this this is the thing. When you play on the East Coast, you don't really see West Coast right. NFL teams. <laughs> right, right. So you you hear it. Oh, this young kid, Patrick Willis. And I knew, you know, one of the Buckets coming out of college. And I was like, all right, I hear him, but I need to see for myself. And I remember the first day I got to practice and, you know, you know, I met Pat, you know, Pat, you could tell he was, he was still unsure. So that let me know right then. I was like, this cat, he is playing off of just straight, like instincts, like what God blessed him. And so the more and more we kind of became acclimated with each other, you know, he would ask me things and then I would ask him certain things because he was there in the defense before me. And uh, that's what bonded our relationship. But the thing that really stood out to me was, number one, the, the speed. I've never seen a linebacker who I could run. I, I've never seen a linebacker run as fast as him. Patrick, he was he was like gliding. He he was like them long legs, but he covered so much ground. Much ground. He just covered all that ground. Covered all of that ground. And, bro, he was like maybe a little bit over 230. But him being the weight that he was, being able to run a 4-3, you combine that together, he was so explosive. So I would see him drop linemen in practices. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was like, I like him. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I, I mess with you, dog. But, yeah. but man, he he was the dude, man, like he never wanted to believe how good people told him he was. Humble. He never wanted to believe it. And at one time I remember asking him, like, bro, like what drives you? Like, like clearly, you know, you made it to the Pro Bowl your first year, all pro and everything. Like, do you know you're talented? He was like, man, I. I know, man, but let me tell you the reason why I'm the way that I am, because I always never wanted to become complacent. But he said the second thing was Coach Singletary brought him in the office after his first couple of weeks, first couple of weeks at practice. And uh, he told Pat, he was like, Pat, um, he no, it was at a team meeting. And he said Singletary asked people like, hey, like, no, I'm sorry. Let me start over. So it was a team meeting and coach Nolan asked like, what's going on? What can we do different? And Pat stood up and said something. And so coach Singletary pulled Pat to the side after the meeting. And he was like, Pat, 
you know, he basically told him, I'm paraphrasing, like, you ain't really been here long enough to be standing up giving out suggestions. Until you learn what you're doing and you do it at a high level consistent, consistently, then you earn the right to get up and talk. And that challenge path. So from that point forward, it's almost like, you know how it is when you want to get your father's approval or you want to get your granddad's approval and you won't do everything. You won't cut the grass. You won't go cut the damn hedges. You won't pick up the grass and everything. That's that's what drove Pat. And for that reason, he never wanted to believe what nobody said of him good. It was always, I got to get better. Instead of making nine out of ten plays, mm. ten out of ten is good. And that's, mm -hmm. that was his mindset. And you ain't even hit on this toughness. I seen a picture. Both y'all got clubs. Yeah, I know it, bro. Playing with clubs on your What was going on with your hand? What was going on with his hand? Bro, they, great question, bro. We... We were playing, oh, what were we playing? Uh, I can't remember who we were. We were playing against. It was at the end of the year, close to the end of the year. We both broke our hand in the same game, bro. He broke his hand first, and he was like, Spice, I think I broke my hand. And I was like, I would ask you how you know, but I remember that big-ass cash you had on in college. And he was like, he was like yeah, I've done it before. The next series, I came back to the sideline. I was like, hey, Cap, I think I broke my damn fan. And he was like, how you know? I say, I feel it clicking when I try to pull it down and it popping out of place. And he was like, yep, you broke it. So we finished the game. We had surgery on Monday, played Thursday night against San, Di San Diego Chargers. Stop it. No, and you didn't. we were questioning. Nobody didn't know. <laughs> Both had surgery. We played on Thursday with broken hands. And it was, I had the pin still stuck in my hand, bro. Takeo, time out. Slow it down. Slow this down, brother. Time out. We're talking surgery. We're talking going under anesthesia. Yeah. A doctor going in your hand, putting in. The anesthesia not wearing off until Wednesday. Hey. <laughs> Hey, that goes to show you they don't make them like us no more, KJ. <laughs> <laughs> hey. They don't, bro. Yeah. Same doctor did both y'all surgeries. Yeah. Same doctor, man. And y'all played Same a few doctor. days later. Played on Damn. that Thursday. On that, th And I didn't know. I was like, man. And this is the thing. You know when you play on them, them primetime TV games, it's like, damn, should I play? And it's like, if I don't play, I don't want to be looked upon as, you know, charming tissue. But if I do play, I don't want to be restricted and prohibited to where I'm getting rolled up on the field. So now everybody's saying, oh, he was a great player, but now he doesn't have it anymore. So I was like, bump it. I'm going full out. How did you play? <laughs> I actually played all right. It was good. I, had, we, we had, I played pretty good because – you know, probably having like maybe 10 tackles or so, but it, it's hard, bro. It's hard playing with one hand, dog. Yeah. Hard playing with one hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, um, give me your Mount Rushmore. Four linebackers. And we're talking off the ball linebackers. And when I say Mount Rushmore, this is the pinnacle, the elite of the elite. The ones that did it on the field, the ones that did it off the field, the one that changed the game. The one who could, could play in any type of generation. 
any type of decade, they can stand on that top four. We're talking off the ball, but we ain't talking no pass rushes, no, uh, you know, you know, Lawrence Taylor, he the, he the man, but, you know, he, yeah, he, yeah. he, he did and a lot he of in the class, He in the class by himself, and he's an outside guy. So I'm going to go with number one. I'm going to go with the king of contact. They actually called him contact, Willie Lanier. First linebacker inducted into the Hall of Fame, Kansas City Chiefs. First black linebacker inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, the next person I would say, Dick Buckus. God rest him, you know, his soul, may his soul rest in peace. He just passed away. We all know how great he was. Um, then I'm going to say Junior Seau. I'm not... I, one of the guys who instinctively could take over a game and not even get a bunch of minuses on the grade out sheet because he never did what he was supposed to do, but his instincts were second to none. And uh, I will probably say last but not least, uh, Ray Lewis. And uh, his resume speaks for itself. So uh, that would be, you know, my inspiration coming into the game, that will be my Mount Rushmore of some of the greatest linebackers that play. It's plenty. You know, it's, it's plenty of guys. I think about Derek Brooks could have made that list. Um, hell, I'm not even looking beyond myself. I think highly of myself. Hell, it's my list, so I'm going to be on it too. Mm -hmm. Damn right. Damn right. You know, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So, but, nah, man, we uh, a lot of good inspiration has came through the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, all right, Tico, before we let you go, man, real quick, the Niners and the Seahawks, we know this matchup coming up soon, primetime football, the best of the best competing to win this division. How you see the Niners, how you see the Seahawks, what you like, what you don't like, what you thinking? Hey, man, this rivalry game, as I said earlier, it don't matter what the record is before. It don't matter what streak you're carrying. It don't even matter if you're on a losing streak. This game hits different. Uh, what I do know, I, I love the Niners. They had a little setback this past week. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I, I still think you are who you are. You are what you repeatedly do. And so mm -hmm. for me, I, I think the 49ers will get back on track. Um, looking at Seattle, though, I knew we were going to be talking and, and just kind of be watching. I've been watching them the entire season. One of the things that that's really that jumps out to me is just the lack of not being able to score enough points, especially yeah. when they get down inside of the red zone. Yeah. Uh, currently now 20th in red zone efficiency. That pretty much means they're only averaging or they're only scoring 50% of the time touchdowns when they get inside of the red zone. So you got to be able to score touchdowns in this league. If you're going to walk out victorious as the winner, I also know they're struggling on third down. 31st mm -hmm. in the league at that. So, um, and only converting 31%. And so when you had 31%, I remember our goal used to be to hold teams at like 32, 33%. So that's at the bottom of the league. So you're not sustaining drives. You're not getting into the end zone when you're there. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a great matchup, but of course, I'm going to pick the 49ers. You, of course, you know that, right? And Takiyo, when you look at Geno Smith, his story is unreal. And um, we understand um, backup most of his career. 
came on the scene, Russ left. He the dude made the Pro Bowl. What you see out of Geno Smith and what can he continue to do to make sure he's going to be the Seahawks quarterback for years to come? Uh, I like Geno Smith's story. Very resilient. He never let nobody else's opinion of him became, become his reality. And to see what he's done in such a short period of time as the Seattle quarterback has been very impressive. And, I, you know, even though you guys are going through a rut right now, Seattle is, uh, he's going to bring them out of it. And, you know, and, and you know they're struggling right now on the offensive line. And I think once they kind of shore up the offensive line, some injuries on that side, and then also struggling to score and advance the ball on third down. Um, listen, I, I got a lot of respect for him because we, I don't think I've ever seen this happen before where you see a guy who was titled as a franchise guy coming out as a draft and to go multiple years as a backup because people look down on him and now he's gotten this mojo back. Nah, man. So I got a lot of respect for him, man. Wish him all the best. He earned that contract that he, that he just received maybe over a year ago. So a lot of respect, man. No doubt. With the Keo, I appreciate you, man. It was nice. We 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 always seen each other, but we never just just talked it out. So yeah, now nah, we ain't never topped it up, man. It's yeah. good. So so that means you got to come on my stuff too. I'm down. I'm down. Let's get it. Already, bro. <laughs> hey, much love to you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you for joining us, and uh, for sure, whenever you need me, let's do it. <laughs>